happening? What's happening? What's happening, blues people? You are now tuning into another episode of Jack Dapper Blues Radio. And this one is particularly a very special interview categorized under one of our series called Black Spirituals, Field Hollers, and Slave Seculars. Today I speak with soprano, black spiritual vocalist and historian, researcher, author, and to my liking, I would say folklorist an ethnographer, but we'll allow her to explain these things and if she falls into all of these categories, which I think she does. That was her singing one of my favorite black spirituals, Go Down Moses, Let My People Go. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I had to give you a round of applause. <laughs> Miss Randy Jones, how are you today? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm excited because I, 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 first of all, that last Let My People Go, when it went from your head voice to the top of your head voice, I'm sure, like myself, everybody got goosebumps. Well, um... <laughs> I think of mainly the power of the song and just let it take me where it goes. I hear that. So let's let, let, let's talk about your journey, okay? Um, because I'm I can I can sit here and give you a million compliments, which I'm sure you've heard a million times. But let's let's get your story because you you chose to focus on black spirituals you have a couple of books you have the art of the negro spiritual and then there's a, a another book that you have so you want to sing black spirituals i believe i'm saying it correctly so so how, what started you on this journey let's start there well um i guess really from the very beginning um i my home church uh, is, uh missouri senate lutheran but it's all black church, so we had both the German hymns and uh, Negro spirituals, uh, and uh, at the same time in those services. Mm. And so I would hear the choir singing, and uh, you know, the, we'd I would uh, have an opportunity, you know, finally to sing myself, and you know, just found such great joy in singing those spirituals. Um, I attended, uh, undergraduate school at Bennett College, which is an HBCU, um, and was introduced to singing choral music, um, the, the concert songs, the spirituals, especially of, um, Nathaniel Dett, who was a teacher there a number of decades ago. And so, uh, that was just another thing that grabbed my interest and, um, then I finally uh, decided I was going to do some graduate study, and I really wanted to sing. Uh, so I had an opportunity to study with a voice teacher at A&T State University. 
Um, and I think what surprised what surprised a lot of people is that the teacher who I studied with, uh, she was primarily going to just work with me because I had taken several years between my undergraduate and graduate studies to just to get me back into uh, performing shape. But this teacher was a white lady who had studied, uh, she grew up with spirituals in her cultural background, but she also studied spirituals at Juilliard Mm. uh, with her teacher. And so she wanted to make sure that all of her students had at least some exposure to spirituals whether they actually did anything seriously with them or not. Well, she struck a chord with me big time. Mm. And uh, so uh, I have, as each year, I've tried to learn a little bit more, tried to add to my repertoire, uh, tried to find not only a standard song such as uh, the Burley, uh, Hall Johnson, etc., but also find rare gems, songs that are just beautiful, but that are not as well known. Right. Uh, so that's that's where I'm going right now is looking for those rare gems. Uh, then also, one of the other things I had discovered was it was so hard, at least for me anyway, to find recordings of spirituals performed by concert performers who could help me get a, a deeper understanding of what how to marry the technical skills a vocalist has to develop along with the folk music Mm. and to make that marriage work well together. Right. So that I could sing the spiritual in a manner that the spirituals need to be sung with that power, the the depth of feeling, but yet still be able to communicate them as a singer is supposed to be able to do. Um, so I was, I was really, unfortunately, a lot of my voice teachers, other than, uh, the one I mentioned earlier, really didn't have the background in concert spirituals to be able to give me that extra, uh, technical and interpretive knowledge. So I really did end up relying a great deal on recordings, uh, and whatever research I could find. Mm. Uh, but the thing I think that I got from that was also a real desire to do, to make it easier for other people mm-hmm. to find those materials, those resources, mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to connect and network with others who were also making those efforts. So that's where the the research became part of the book. Uh, uh, so you want to think spiritual. Okay, okay. So in in that research, let me ask you this. And I like asking uh, 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 concert uh, spiritual singers this. Um, Is there a difference between the hymnal spirituals and what could be constituted as uh, the cultured black backwood uh, hoot and holler in spirituals? Uh, I tend to categorize, I guess, and, and maybe that's not something I should do, but I do tend to do it. The hymnal, I, very honestly, I, it seems to me sometimes that when I see a, a spiritual in a hymnal, that an effort was made to the spiritual into the context of a hymn. 
Mm. Uh, and uh, I've not really found many successful efforts to, to make that transition to the, something that's sitting in a hymnal that somebody's playing in a congregation is trying to sing, especially one that's not familiar with uh, with that, right. uh, with the spirituals. Contra um, spirituals, there are people who argue that the folk spirituals are sitting those, those old time, uh, as you said, hollering spirituals. There are those who argue that the concert spiritual is a step outside of that. Uh, that it takes that they too take away some of the the authenticity of the spiritual. I understand that, and so then it actually puts more of a uh, reason more important even so to me to try to communicate when I'm thinking concert spirituals as much of that history of the nature of the, of the, of the original spiritual as I can when I'm singing. Um, I, I don't think it, it excuses me in any way that I'm not singing folk spirituals. I think it puts even more responsibility on me to sing them in that you know, concert environment. I, I, I definitely understand uh, what you're saying. Um, would, would you consider uh, some of Mahalia Jackson's performances and Paul Robinson performances uh, concert spirituals uh, rather than uh, folk spirituals? Or is that kind of a difficult... Well, no, because Paul, but we're talking about two different things. Okay. Paul Robeson was singing in a concert style, even though he did not train vocally, technical the, the technique. He came along. I, I I don't know. His was such a natural capability as a singer. Mm. Uh but unfortunately, most of us need to have uh, the training to be able to do those things <laughs> as a classically trained singer. Uh, but what he was doing was a very clearly contra spiritual. Uh, he was singing uh, primarily Lawrence Brown mm. uh, composition. He was singing Burley, Paul Johnson. Uh, and so these were very definitely concert spirituals. Well, Mahalia Jackson, I think she was probably coming more from the improvisational tradition, mm-hmm. uh, where you know you know a basic melody, but then you, as a singer, uh, as a musician, are have more license to improvise. And thus, the sound is very is different because what you're doing is not quite as strictured as the concert spirituals can tend to be. Mm. Mm. I, I dig it. But I still would not say that he's necessarily singing folk spirituals. That uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't want to say one way or the other because I would probably start more debates than I would resolve. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, I, I I really think of them as doing two different things, but still not tr- the traditional spiritual. The folk spiritual was a congregational, uh, was a group interaction. Like Sometimes a with a leader, call and response. Uh, and that's not what she was doing either. So wait, let's stop here and break this down. Right, because now, okay. no, 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 because see, there, there, there are different nuances that should be um, expressed. Because now, yeah, you utilizing all three of yourself, Paul Robinson, and Mahalia Jackson, and and understanding that there's a a conscious spiritual and a folk spiritual, the style of how it's saying vernaculars used is not necessarily what constitutes the separation what constitutes the separation what i'm hearing from what you just said is this and this is a question not a statement are, are you saying what constitutes the separation between constant and folk is folk is the um ability to have the 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 audience or other people at, in uh, um, 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 interacting with you in that song where the concert uh, spiritual is more of a, a, a passive listening experience. Is this what we're saying? I do believe it is more passive, yes, as far as audience engagement. Right, that's what I mean, um, yes. Right, because, yes, in the concert situation, you are solo performer and your congregation is uh, listening. They're not participating as far as singing per se. Um, And so, yeah, I guess if you really wanted to get down to it, that's really what it could come down to is what is the level of engagement between the performer and the the congregation. I don't want to say audience in this in this case, right? Right. But the, the, uh, so, I think if you really wanted to just break it down to one or the other, and that's not that's still not complete. Uh, that's one of the things I think I've, I've found gotten so much joy out of this exploration is that I don't know that I will ever be completely. I will ever learn everything about the subject because it's just. I keep finding nuances and it reinterpretations of, of of the history of the music um, and how it was formed. And but I would say, really, as far as folk spirituals concerned, that was a that, that was engaged everybody. You know, everybody sang those damn Moses. Um, you, you'd have a leader uh, who was started and you know, let my people go. Uh, everybody was part of that. Um, and yeah, I think you could certainly take that as a way of, de- of separating a concert presentation of a spiritual and uh, a presentation or folk en- engagement in, in the singing of spiritual. So with that being said, because that was a setup question, To ask you about the art of the Negro spiritual, and and the reason why I said that was a setup question to there because that's a very um, to me interesting 
name and, and look at it. I agree, but you know, when you do research on the the, the, the Negro spiritual and you come across um I can't think of all the German musicologists from the 1800s and the early 1900s that really didn't have positive things to say about uh, this music. Uh, I, I, they pretty much said it was a knockoff of European music. Then you have the uh, James H. Cohn's, Cohn's who, and, 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 and the Wesley works and people like this who, who give, give a... a Obviously, uh, the opposite um, 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 definition of what it is, and, and these are real technical uh, statements on both sides, real folky meaning, uh, uh, the reflection of the people. But when you say the art of the Negro spiritual, that kind of uh, takes it out of a, a, a revolutionary, I don't want to say take it out, let me rephrase that. We, we were focusing on another aspect of the form, right? Now it's presented as an art form rather than a response to society and all these other different things. What was your thought process in the, the art of the Negro spiritual and what would you like the, or, or what did you intend for your audience or readers to, to, to receive from, from this site and book and, and, and documents? Well, my desire, what I was hoping for, my goal, as it were, for the art of the Negro spiritual and everything that I've done in connection to it, was to look at the the idea of singing spiritual in a concert environment and, uh, and then trying to gather information about who the what the music was what is it about this music that makes it distinctive what is it what is its place in musical history what composers helped the music that music develop what is its difference between the original form of the spiritual and its concert styles now uh, what music have it influenced? Because, of course, the spiritual is root music for much of the American music as it exists now. Absolutely. Uh, and then what music have influenced concert style over the decades? Because you can hear uh, how jazz has influenced the, con the composition of concert spirituals, how blues have influenced the concert style of music, how European music has certainly influenced the, the creation of concert compositions, um, et cetera, and on and on. It's, um, there's, and, and then as a musician, having to make a decision about what style of presentation of, of that particular spiritual do I feel I can communicate most effectively mm. uh, there are spirituals that are neo-romantic that are uh, I would you know certainly the early composers 
such as Burley and Hall Johnson and uh, uh, R. Nathaniel Dett, um, Florence Price, mm-hmm. who uh, are pioneers and, to me, I think are most, most uh, influenced by the music as it was originally created by the re- the originators mm. of the spiritual. They they are the they were that generation that came right after the end of, of the Civil War, and so they had they were tapping directly in to that source, and they knew that music. Um, I have tended to be very comfortable singing that style of, that music from that era. Um, and then anything that's more contemporary, I look at it very carefully as to what I think works for me. Right. But what I've tried to do with Art of the Negro Spiritual is to make all of those resources known so that another singer who's coming along who maybe uh, really is more stylistically inclined to say a Barbara Hendricks, where she's, she's very clearly influenced by gospel music, and you hear that in her performance. Um, or someone who really likes more of a music that intertwines uh, spirituals that, with uh, other styles, some of which I kind of wonder about, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I think they get so far away from being spirit from the, the, the original sound of the spiritual that is um, for me, hard to identify them as spiritual, but that's my take. Right. I when I work with when I look at it, the art of the Negro spiritual, I try to take as broad a view as possible, and to minimize my own perspective. I just want to try to get the information out there so that people are aware of what's there. What what score music scores are out there? What recordings are out there? Um, what research is available? What authors are talking about the spiritual? Um, and and I try to also look at it not only from uh, those of us who have had the opportunity, the advantage of coming from a culture that is exposed to the spiritual in its original form mm. and knows the history and understands where that's coming from. And to also to so that people who don't have that advantage so, still are not closed out from having the opportunity to explore it. So let's, all right. So because it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because that was a question I was going to ask, but you, I, I believe you answered it when you was explaining this. You, you, you favor or you, 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 you uh, express the the Fisk, the early Fisk Jubilee version of the 1840s, 1860s uh, uh, black spirituals. Is, is is that your particular lane? That's question one. And question two, you mentioned spirituals, you mentioned gospel, and you also mentioned that there are those that could be considered influenced by the two, but it doesn't particularly, for your taste, fall in, or perspective, fall into what could be considered uh, black spirituals, Negro spirituals. So I'm going to ask you to 
break down after you answer the first question the difference between black spirituals, gospel, uh, uh, field hollers, please. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. I. I'm sorry. I. Um, you remind me of the the first time that someone asked me to, to explain the difference between Negro spirituals and gospel music. And I found myself at a loss because I couldn't within what I thought I needed to was like a one-minute explanation of the difference between the two and really explain them successfully. Ended up writing a paper about it because I just, I said like, oh no, we have, we've got to have a better sense of what we're doing here. <laughs> um, but to me, the difference is, for first of all, historic. The Negro spiritual came from slavery. It was directly created during the, the antebellum, the slavery era of the 19th century United States. Uh, these, these are songs that we do not know who the, compo- who the creators are. I'm, I'm trying not to use the word composer because that implies something that I don't want to imply. But okay. who were the, the creators of these songs? Uh, these were songs that were created extemporaneously. Um, someone would start a song that, you know, that expressed the, the situation at that moment. Sometimes they were influenced by the hymns or whatever that they might have heard uh, when they when they attended the services that their, their masters expected them to attend. And they would sometimes take that turn it completely around into something that was uh, that they wanted to, to, to sing. Uh, but and then there were times when they just completely create their own song. Um, they would sing it. Um, the group would get it, learn it. They might adapt it, change it. And then by the time they're done with it, it gets communicated elsewhere and it just expands out from there um this is folk music we do not know who the creators are uh and unfortunately we had to because this was an oral tradition we had to rely on others to set it down um that was the way that that ended up being preserved Gospel music, and it's also, let me, I guess one other thing, as far as uh, you have um, the sorrow songs, songs that yes. cr- uh, cr- that talk about the pain of the moment, you know, uh, people who whose children were sold out away from them, who were separated from one another, or whose day-to-day struggles, just they needed to express that somehow. Um, gospel music, on the other end, is a child, is a, uh, of the spiritual. It came, it, it began to develop from, the, uh, basically from the gospel hymns that came from post-Civil War era, where people had decided that the songs of slavery were no longer the songs they wanted to sing. They wanted to get away from slavery. They wanted to get away from everything that reminded them of slavery. And they began creating new songs. Uh, there were people who, uh, in the church, uh, they basically 
like my tradition where I was raised in Missouri Synod Lutheran, there were Methodist churches and Catholic churches and other Protestant and uh, or churches that created churches for African Americans who were now enslaved. Uh, and they wanted to try to bring them into their denomination. Uh, their songs didn't quite match up with the, the songs that came from uh, from the spirituals. Right. And so some churches adapted, some churches let them go completely. And then we get into uh, basically the creation of what is now known as African uh, as, as black gospel music. Right. Um, and, you know, Precious Lord, take my hand. And from that point on, you start getting into um, by Thomas A. Dorsey, uh, and who is considered the, the father of, of black gospel music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he was intentional in setting these songs down, making sure that the composer, and, this, and I use this term now very, very intentionally, he made sure that the composers were credited for these works. Uh, he went around from church to church, introduced this music, brought new singers in, introduced the idea of using instrumentation that they would have never had the opportunity to use uh, in the camp meetings and so forth of, of the spiritual. And, you know, then you saw you start hearing recordings and. Um, you know, this can, I, we could spend an entire hour talking about the difference between gospel music and spiritual. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really what it comes down to is just that gospel music is good news that is a contemporary, much more contemporary sound, whereas uh, spirituals are in their original form, folk music that uh, is a Primarily of the 19th century. Okay, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get that as well, and and I'm happy you brought up sorrow songs because now we can, I guess, discuss the, if you will, these different compartments of what I I I, I lump all of these into uh, African American traditional music, right, and and or you could say tribal music for that matter, and and. You have the black spiritual, you have the slave secular, you have the sorrow song and the feel holler, right? And then all these things kind of mm-hmm. like branches off. Um, in this branch off, because you you mentioned we get to a, a period where uh, the black community is like, you know, we don't want to remember or represent anything that that uh, 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 expresses slavery or, or or bondage or prisoners of war however you want to word it so they kind of uh, 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 evolved the music where to you in, in your studies uh, blues and negro spirituals which is not far removed from each other as we know where, where, where does that uh, split and, and overlapping come in if, if you are willing to take the risk and answer this one? Uh, I'm not sure I'm terribly comfortable getting too much into 
discussion of blues simply because that's just not an area that I've chosen to study extensively. Okay. Um, and so I, I think I would probably find myself very quickly in water much deeper than I can swim in. Understood. Uh, but I, I, um, I, the blues tradition certainly is another child uh, of the spiritual. Um, just as jazz and ragtime and uh, rock and R&B and so forth and so on, they all connect back. Um, I, and I think that's where I'm just going to leave that, okay? No, I, I understand. So, okay. Let's talk about church types. Because you you, 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 you mentioned the Lutheran church, you mentioned the, the German, I think Lutheran, you mentioned the different missionaries and how different uh, congregations uh, incorporated or brought in uh, these newly freed blacks and in some cases still... Uh, enslaved so now we have a different uh denomination uh traditions that are evident in the music or at least in the sound of the music traditionally would you say that is based on which one is i guess more black and then which one is more influenced by not non-blacks would would is that where that comes in? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I would imagine, though, that certainly uh, I would think it would really be more a matter of the the makeup of the congregation and what their specific congregational choices were. Uh, as I said. My home church, we, it was an all-black church. We tended to mix. Uh, so, you know, you could start your service and have this traditional uh, Lutheran liturgy. But the, con the, the, the hymns that they selected, some of which would be from the, the Lutheran hymnal, and some would be uh, uh, from Black Pearl. Mm. Uh or, you know, uh, in fact, I remember we actually used to put together our own little separate hymnal that had uh, gospel songs in it and spirituals and uh, whatever from. And uh, so it, it, I think it really, that's more of an individual influence rather than necessarily denominational as a whole. Okay. Okay, so that's that's so I'm I'm almost asking you, um, based on your answer, is it, does this feel like I'm asking you the difference between a mega church and 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 a storefront almost? Uh, that one I'm afraid is outside my. Uh, I I would be guessing, and I would uh, I'm really not sure about that. Okay, well. So, so let me ask you this because there there are uh there there are traditional ways of of vocal 
phrasing, right, of Negro mm-hmm. spirituals. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they were uh, utilized outside of the, 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 the spirituals and gospel as well. Right, we know that we can think of Aretha Franklin, we could think of Ma Rainey, we could think of the 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 non-black singer, uh, female singers of the late 1800s and the early 1900s who took part in what was known as coon shouting. Is is there a, or how can I ask this? Is it that's a better question? Is it a artistic? decision on how one would choose to phrase uh, their black spirituals when they're singing these songs, right? Because there's there's different, there's variations, right? There's, there's more what people think more backward than there's more what people think are more technical or and things of this nature. But if I understand your question correctly, and you can tell me if I don't, please. Um, I'm going to give you an example uh, using a song that actually isn't the spiritual. Okay. Uh, But I'm I'm going to try to explain at least my understanding. Uh, The song is Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is actually a song that was written by a white ex-slaver. Mm-hmm. But it is stylistically performed um, as it was originally composed, which is pretty much in a, for want of a better term, and it's more of a, a, a hymn style, which would be just basically Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then you have someone who might take that same song and sing it more in the style of what I would think of when I'm singing spiritual, which is more like amazing how sweet the song or and I'm not a gospel singer so please forgive me if I don't do this correctly, but uh, gospel to my ear tends to take even more liberty with the, the melisma, the, the, the ornamentation, mm-hmm. and you could really do some things with it that I, as a concert singer, would be less inclined to want to do. But say that same Amazing Grace. Oh, Amazing Grace. So you basically you have totally different approaches to exactly the same song, mm. and that's an interpretive decision. But mm. it, it it's the difference between, and I think it's part of the confusion why a song like Amazing Grace gets categorized as a, as a gospel song or as a spiritual because the person that's familiar with that song probably heard it as a spiritual. They thought that's what it was. Mm. Or they heard it in a gospel style and they thought that's what it was. Uh, so, that's really, that you now get into an issue of has a song been categorized based on how it's being sung? 
so so first and foremost, that was a great explanation and breakdown. Okay, so it, it made it very clear, and I would imagine, and I hope for the audience as well, it made it clear for me. Um, but one thing that that I do want to ask, because now, see, because what I received is the 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 spiritual is more technically astute. I guess it would be the word, and then the 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 gospel is where those those liberties of what's considered black cultural music phrases come in, and not the other way around. I think it depends on, in this case, as I said, what the singer chooses to do. Mm. Um, I have heard concert performers take composition where the composer intended for them to heavily ornament that song. Mm. Uh, but they use, they use a spiritual, uh, the spiritual tradition, and turn the stylistic interpretation into something closer to gospel. Mm. Okay. No, I, I, I get it. So, so, that okay. So, so, so I guess what let me go back to what I think was your original question because I'm not sure I answered it no, and maybe did. now I could try. You you did, but not okay. only did you answer it, you you raised you did what you said you you actually prophesized where this conversation was going to go because not only did you answer my question, you raised another question, didn't you? Say you was going to raise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I, you know, for me. And this could explain a lot of the confusion, as you said. Um, I would imagine, based on black spirituals uh, coming out of the um, um, bush meetings or, or, or the, these these uh, 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 ritualistic tribal celebratory worships, this is where the what you just expressed the gospel side of it comes in but you're saying it, it wasn't black spirituals that was more um how can i say formal that's a good word the black spiritual is more formal where the gospel is really where the down home vernacular phrases comes in is this what you're ex- sharing no that's not what i'm sharing ah, we're talking okay. about okay what, what I what I was talking about was the was the interpretation of a spiritual, basically more in a a concert style. Okay, okay. Because you asked me, you've been we've been talking about the art of Negro spiritual. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, and when and it's you now you're also talking about I think um, when you're talking about group performance, I think that you. Individuals contribute their part of that, of that of singing of that spiritual, but there's still, I think, there is some structure there, so that the, everybody can be together mm-hmm. in a certain respect. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're singing gospel, uh, if you're singing in a choral style, everybody's still singing basically. Uh, is uh, still singing a basically structured. Um, you know, everybody knows that their part is going to be. 
is when you start dealing with the individual singing gospel, who then has the flexibility to interpret and has as many options as they are, as they are, uh, their voices are able to handle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they, you know, whatever uh, they want to do as far as ornamentation. When you are a concert, when you're singing concert spiritual, you have as many options as you want to take. The thing is, do you, how, how far away do you get away from the singing of that spiritual? And how much of it takes away from the communication of the words and the meaning of the of that spiritual? When you start getting into, well, you know, how how flowery can I make this song? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're you are you now as a performer changing it from being an interpreter of the song to being an interpreter of a musical technical presentation. Understood. Um, and I guess that, that one of my, one of the terms I've tended to use um, is an academic study. Mm. Um, and you can, when you're singing a spiritual to me, if you're just singing the spiritual and there's nothing, you know, that is technically fine, um, but the words and the, the meaning of that song are absent, that to me is where you've gotten away from singing the spiritual. Got you. Uh, with gospel music on the other end, I think you have you do have the flexibility. You have more of an opportunity uh, because of the way that the gospel, the gospel music may be uh, stylistically inclined to have freedom to do the, you know, the, the melismas and the, the ornaments that you've got more, that you can choose to, to whatever you think your voice is capable of doing and whatever you think your audience is, is going to move your audience. Right. Right. Uh, and that using that style of music, um, there, and at that point, then we're talking about, Okay, I'm I'm singing in spiritual in a gospel style, mm. and if that's what I choose to do, and I think I can pull it off, more power to me. Right. Uh, there are some who would say that singing, for example, uh, uh, "Precious Lord," which is one of the few one of the few gospel pieces I will sing because I just don't think stylistically I can sing gospel music and make it sound like I'm a gospel singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can choose to sing that straight. Mm-hmm. I can choose to add a light amount of ornamentation to it or a light amount of improvisation to it, or I can go for it. You know, I just really get out there with it. Right. Uh, and I think part of that for me is influenced by, first of all, how much do I think I can get away with and sing it? I don't want to use the word effectively, but that to me is the word coming across right now. Right. That makes it sound like I'm really trying to, to, to share the good news. Right. And a lot of that can be, for me, is influenced by 
who I'm singing to. Mm. Um, if I'm in a church where I know they they really uh, are more oriented towards the gospel style of music, I'm going to be more inclined to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I go into a church where I know they have no idea what the world I'm doing when I do that, I'm more than likely I'm going to sing that song a little with a lot less ornamentation and pretty much sing it more straight than I would or That's otherwise. True. So I, I, I think you could, pro- you know, I, I don't know if I'm really answering your question. I hope I am, but no, you, uh, you, you that's, that's really where you have to, as the, as the presenter of that music, make decisions about where you want to go or should go with it. Understood. I, I do understand. And, and, and we, 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 to, to, uh, so, so with that being said, we're also keeping in mind, this, this is a question, not a statement, that we're still dealing in the realm of the difference between the concert singer and the folk singer, correct? Correct. Okay. 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 And all right. So. So. All right. Okay. So now let, let, let's. So now let me let me give you one other example, and oh, maybe I, and I'm hoping that this. Uh, back in the 1960s, the beginning of the civil rights movement, um, Martin Luther King Jr. And this is something that people don't necessarily know heavily about, but they see this the impact of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they first started marching, there were people who started coming down from the north who were uh, helping out as participants in the, the march. It was thought that they wanted something to connect people together. Uh, people who were very, very different. Uh, you know, southern marchers, the southern folk uh, who really didn't know anything about the North, people who were coming down from the North who knew nothing about folks who lived in the South. Um, and what they chose to do was to use music. Uh, you know, of course, everybody, uh, We Shall Overcome, of course, is a hymn um, that comes into, that basically became the, the, the theme of, uh, of the civil rights movement. But they also used a lot of spirituals, like wade in the water, right? And they would change the words to, from their from their original uh, text to using words that were related to the protests that were marches that were going on, or what was, or if they were in jail, they would sing songs that talked about where they were and what they were experiencing at that moment. Uh, those that was using. The folk spiritual in a may, a way that extended uh, extended basically the history of that song, of those songs. Mm. Um, you know, the, and uh, yet uh, his wife uh, gave concert, raised money, singing concert styles of because of, uh, she actually studied at New England Conservatory. 
was studying to be a classically trained musician. Oh, are, are we talking about Coloretta? Yeah. I, that I did not know, and I thought she, I knew a lot. She had some. She had her master's degree in uh, in, in performance. Oh my goodness! And that was how she raised money for the civil rights movement was by giving concerts. And part one of her part of her concertizing included concert performance of spirituals. That 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 is a topic alone within itself. Okay. <laughs> Because now I'm wondering, why is he calling Mahalia Jackson when his woman sang? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Don't answer that question. When you have, uh, <laughs> no, I can't. Um, well, I mean, that, that doesn't mean that she wasn't singing to the truth. That's right. That's right. Um, but, no, yeah, that was how they, a lot of their fundraising came from those type of programs. And if you want to find out, I have, I did a bio on her uh primarily uh, her experience as a concert performer. Um, and that is, that's up on, on uh, Art of the Negro Spiritual. So take a look when you got a chance. Definitely. Uh, but anyway, what I guess my point was that the spiritual has not only been part of the folk tradition as uh, from the, uh, the African-American experience, but as part of it, as a, as the concert aspect of it as well. So, anyway. No, I mean that's that's serious, and that's great to know. Because we, now now we're talking about something that, again, excuse me, we mentioned there was a time when people wanted to get away from this, but then there's a time when it brought everybody together for the for the cause. I want to talk briefly about your performances and lectures. So some of the things you're sharing with us right now, is this what you share in your lectures? Yes. Um, I, I have done uh, lectures on what are spiritual. Um, it really, I try to tailor it to the audience of, I give like I talked about. Uh, must you be black to sing spiritual? Um, and that really deals with what is the history? Why? Uh, why is there a concern about someone who is not African American singing spiritual? Um, I talk about minstrelsy. Um, about events that are even up to today where the spiritual where and other black music has been mistreated. Mm-hmm. Um, and appropriated. And then, and misappropriated, and appropriated, as you say. Um, and then talk about, on the other end, though, as a classically trained singer, I cannot walk into someone's school and say, I am a classically trained singer if I can't sing German lead. Mm. Or French melody. Why should I not then be able to turn around and say that I expect my students to have at least contact with, exposure to, a song in the American tradition of, of art song, uh, the concert spiritual. Mm. At least to know what they are and to be able to recognize uh, 
um, and to a certain some, I mean, you know, whether you take it anywhere or not, but to, I think it's a way to be able to introduce people to the culture, to the history, to what those songs mean, uh, and to do it in a way that the student, the boy student would be able to understand because it connected to their other experiences as musicians. No, I hear that. I, That's deep. Um, I don't, I, I, for me personally, I don't generally concretize anymore singing German lead, but I know the musical style. And I'm supposed to, be, to know it. Right. Uh, and it ties into all, my other knowledge of music as a whole. I want my, I want, I think a well-rounded musician should not only know the European tradition, they should also know American traditions, including the Negro spiritual. Well, let me ask you Um, a question, because when you say including the Negro spiritual, I'm of the belief that the American tradition of music is pretty much black music, period. So, is do do you believe that or no? I believe that the uh, American music is influenced heavily by truth two traditions: European and African. Uh, and African, when I say African, I mean as far as the the uh, the spiritual. Uh, and other music that has come from that tradition. Uh, American music, that, that's basically where it is. And so when I say that, I'm talking about not only music that has been influenced by uh, European music style, but also those that have been influenced by uh, African traditions, especially the music that has been rooted from that, the spiritual. Popular music, um, rock and roll, etc., would not exist had it not been for the spiritual. It or it, uh, I don't know what they would be singing, but they certainly would not be singing rock and roll. <laughs> so, I, I, I want to. With that being said, let's bring it current if you don't mind discussing this because I, I i saw a very disturbing post that you you um shared and considering right now in 2020 we're not only experiencing a pandemic but we're also experiencing civil unrest and and people are uh, 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 protesting and fighting uh, uh, about uh injustices perpetrated still and currently to the African-American citizens, black citizens, native citizens. Do you want to to discuss that incident and how, with all this going on, this actually still happened? How that still happened... um in regards that that, that there's still people saying this. Using that word, using that word, the N-word. Yeah. um, 
Well, let's just say right now I'm feeling kind of touchy about that because I just had a, my own personal experiences with experience with that within the last week. Um, I will simply say that I don't think that there are there. I think that there are people who are unaware or who do not wish to acknowledge whether they are aware of it or not, just how much the American culture is dependent upon, influenced by Africanism, Africanness, African the the uh, the Black experience, as it were. Um, and if they if they ever sat down and they were ever given uh, a primer of just how much of their lives are influenced, have been influenced. Um, I, hey, if, if nothing else, they just sat down with Ken Burns' gospel music uh, video. I'm sorry, not gospel music. I'm sorry, that was incorrect. Uh, country music history. Right. The, the, uh, the, and he spends time talking about how much of, gospel, uh, of uh, country music was influenced uh, by African Americans. That's right. Um, th- there really, there is no American culture there is, uh, without that, uh, without that black experience touching it in some way or another. Uh, that just isn't, and I think that there are those who, yeah, uh, I, I was trying to remember something I read recently uh, where they said that there were people who had started doing these uh, uh, DNA tests and how they were shocked to find out that they had black blood. <laughs> and I'm thinking, really? You're shocked? Right. I mean, seriously? Think about that for a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, and so, you know, I think there's going to have, there's going to be, uh, or there's occurring maybe even now, an acknowledgement of just how deeply a part of the, of the African, the, the, I, and I keep saying African, but I, I, I mean the black experience, how, uh, how deeply a part of American, America, it is. Mm. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it just, and until, and when folks realize that, I think it's going to be uh, an eye-opening and maybe freeing experience for them. Um, that, you know, I, I enjoy this. This is, this is part of me as an American. Right. Um, and that's, uh, I have been influenced whether I knew it or not. So, 50, I'm, I'm asking everybody this as of recent, regardless to what I'm interviewing them about. 50 years from now, someone hears this interview, what would you like them to take away from your works? I would like for them to take away the idea that 
we as a people have created so much. Um, some of it has been lost to history. Some of it has faded and, and as time has passed, but it's always there. And it, it serves as a foundation that we can grow from, that we can develop from. Is this a and, black people or just people in general? I mean, just people in general, you know, that, that we as, uh, as a people, uh, as human beings, whatever our race or color or background, have so much that we can draw upon, that we can use and to help us develop as human beings. And to understand, to help us understand one another. Um, and so I guess when I'm trying to do the art of the Negro spiritual, when I uh, publish this book, so you want to think spiritual, I really wanted folks as a whole to be able to have something that they could say, yes, I under, I'm getting to... I'm, I'm curious. I want to understand. And if this can help me make uh, deepen that understanding even a little bit, then uh, I've accomplished something. Very groovy. Now, I'm going to place this in the description, but I still would like you to tell the listeners uh, your Twitter, Facebook handles, and all social media uh, things they can find you and reach you on? Uh, my primary page is randyjones.com and my, I spell Randy with uh, an E, so it's R-A-N-D-Y-E J-O-N-E-S dot com. Uh, there are also several other websites that reflect my research uh, Afrocentric Voices, which is one of the first, if not the first, site that was on the internet that actually dealt with um, African American vocal music from a culture, from a classical music standpoint. Um, Art of the Negro Spiritual dot com is my primary site that connects all of my research in on uh, contra spiritual. And then one of the sites that I want to mention, uh, which is a database that uh, addresses uh, recordings of concert spirituals for solo vocal. Uh, I'm hoping that somebody's going to get the idea of taking that from a choral music standpoint. But it is surprisingly a, such a large field that I really wanted to focus on solo vocal. Mm. But it's spirituals dash database.com um, and you can find out information about very well known performers such as Marian Anderson, Leontine Price, Paul Robeson mm. to people who had only a single recording maybe uh, or who are self, uh, who have uh, are no longer really w well known although they may have been back in the early days of recording um, and so, the, and that is actually 
a development towards my next book, which um, I'm hoping will be out within the next, not too far down the road. Okay. Uh, that deals specifically up on the, the question of recordings of concert spirituals. Um, those sites generally give you most of what I would, um, would have access or, or um, as far as Facebook, um, I'm, uh, you can very easily, I think, find me using, just searching for my name. Um, and, uh, I'm on Twitter, but Twitter I'm not very active on. So, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I think a certain somebody who's, currently occupying the White House <laughs> kind of turned me off on Twitter. Um, so I don't use it very often, but I do have a Twitter handle singing one. Mm. Uh, so that uh, you can give it a shot, but I think your best bet is to try to reach me through Facebook. Groovy, dig it, and we are with it. I am so honored and happy that you took the time to rap with us. I, I want to, if if I may, uh, in this episode with a song by you I don't know if you hear it coming up but I want to thank you first well thank you so much thank you thank you do you know what Derek I've enjoyed McQueen by the way with you. I'm sorry do you know what Derek McQueen I know of him I, I, I'm going to try to introduce you to I love the both of you you guys really I, I it, Historically, performance-wise, and and everything in between, it's very necessary what you all do, and, and I enjoy speaking with you too. Well, you have a good day. You too. <laughs>